where we've been, how we've been, and how we doing. You're listening to the Dental Student Vibes Podcast, where it's all about good vibes. I'm your host, Seth Kalish. Today, we had an amazing, amazing guest on, Dr. Mark Costas. Uh, Dr. Costas is an international keynote speaker and the founder of the Dental Success Institute, which is a company committed to helping dentists achieve their full potential while recapturing their passion for dentistry. He's also the co-founder and CEO of the Dental Success Network, a vibrant community of dentists from around the globe focused on maximizing access of advanced clinical and practice management education to the profession. Dr. Costas is the international and number one Amazon bestselling author of the book, Pillars of Dental Success, which we've all read here, and his internet radio show, The Dentalpreneur Podcast, now has listenership from over 150 countries worldwide. We're so grateful to have Dr. Costas on our podcast today. Uh, We learned so much from him. We talk about everything from first starting out as a new grad, getting your first job, all the way until purchasing your second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth practice. And Dr. Costas really gives a lot of insightful information. We really appreciate having him on. As always, hit us up on Instagram at dental.student.vibes and on Twitter at DSV Podcast and on Facebook at Dental Student Vibes. Thanks for listening. We hope you guys enjoy this podcast. We sure did. Thanks, guys. Uh, Dr. Costas, going back to how you talk about lowering your overhead and then trying to increase employee salaries or whatever, what do you really like recommend in terms of some sort of retirement plan for your employees? Do you employ that? Do you instill that? Do you believe in that? Or is that something that you leave out? Yeah, it's the same thing. Um, we consider that part of their compensation package and we try to make it as aggressive and generous as possible because we don't want to just recruit people. We want to retain them for the long haul. And then there's a big part of um, not just providing medical insurance and providing uh, 3% 401k match, all that stuff, you have to make sure that the culture is strong and that they understand the benefits of what you're providing them. And, um, you know, uh, for instance, the first year that we offered a 3% 401k match to our employees, like of the 40 of our, sorry, probably 55 of our employees here in the Arizona practices, like six of them took advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the others just did not see the value. So we had to have like, you know, a full day seminar, like on how important it is as a oh, 22 wow. to 25 year old to start saving for retirement now, especially if us as an ownership group is willing to, to pay for a percentage of that, you got to take advantage of it. So totally. it's really important to not just provide it, but to instill in them the importance of taking care of their future um, and, and the importance and the value that uh, a match for a retirement plan can can have on your overall retirement plan. Right. Uh, Dr. Costas, I got another question for you about uh, multi-practice ownership. Um, so I don't know if you've heard uh, Dr. Brady Frank speak. He, he coined the term equity harvesting, or he's like the only guy I've heard say equity harvesting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Brady is uh, Brady's a good friend of mine. We went to dental school together. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, wow. <laughs> I guess he does know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So what are your thoughts about that? And just for our listeners, it's basically um, taking on partners to create cash flow in order to purchase multiple value-added practices. So what, what yeah, are your- I, uh, I, I totally believe in that. 
Um, there, uh, with multiple practice ownership, there is going to be a period of time, uh, depending on how aggressive you want to be and, and how comfortable you are with risk. Uh, if you want to keep private equity at bay and you don't want to take on partners that are going to give you money to take on the majority of ownership in your operation, that's ba basically what private equity does uh, in order to get money from them. Um, you're either going to have to max out what you borrow personally with a personal guarantee with with uh, with banks, right. and you usually cap out around five million dollars. Okay. So if if you want to have beyond ten practices, you know I've I've had up to fourteen practices, and the way I was able to do that was with um, uh, equity swaps and merging different practices practice groups together. Right. Uh, but unless you get super super creative, it's very difficult to get funding to continue to grow beyond 10 or 12 practices or five, that $5 million threshold when, when traditional lending institutions just, just um, are no longer interested in taking that risk. So equity harvesting is a great way to do it. Um, so for instance, you would sell 25% of a million dollar valued practice. So you get $250,000 so you can go down the street and then you can buy a $250,000 practice or maybe a $500,000 practice and you're financing 250 with a traditional bank and you're bringing cash that you've removed from uh, the equity of another practice uh, to keep this ball rolling. The limitation to it is this. Um, in order to be able to sell bits and pieces of your practice, you have to make sure that uh, the bank is aware of that if you still have debt on the practice. For instance, if I have a practice that I owe a million dollars on, but the valuation for the practice, the fair market valuation is $2 million. I have a million dollars in equity, but right. I still own the bank. I still owe the bank a million dollars. So the bank still wants to be in first position and wants me to still personally guarantee, guarantee that note. So they're not necessarily going to be super happy about me selling 50% of my practice to remove the million dollars. So right. I can use that million dollars to buy more practices. So you have to contend with debt. Who who is in first position for for uh, the loan on the practice and whether or not that's going to be allowed. If you can get around that, then equity harvesting is great. But for a lot of people, you run into a brick wall unless you own the practice outright without any debt right. associated to it. Um, so there are limitations that not a lot of people talk about. So uh, would you say that going the private equity route is, I mean, I know a lot of people say that's not necessarily good for the dental industry, but uh, what are your thoughts on that? There's a time and a place and a certain type of person that, that is attracted to private equity. I'm not completely closed to a private equity deal. I've been offered several times for groups to come and buy me. Um, mm -hmm. If the valuation is strong enough, there's there's always the opportunity to, to um, come out smelling like a rose, but if if you are bringing on private equity just for a capital infusion and they come in and they own 60% of your operation and you're getting, say, $600,000 for a million dollar practice, um, you have, there's a lot of things that you have to keep in mind. First of all, you're not going to get all of that cash. They're going to withhold 20% of it over a certain period of time mm -hmm. uh, based on performance. So. If you're selling a single practice, for instance, they're going to give you um, probably 60% of the cash value of the practice right, in of cash. 20% of it they're going to withhold over a three to five year period of time. 
and you have to maintain their idea of a reasonable um, level of production. Mm -hmm. uh, and then after that three years, then you'll get your 20%. The, the last 20%, they're going to, in many cases, they're going to make it mandatory that you reinvest in the new DSO. So you have to reinvest with their company. So that money is reinvested in stock in their company, oh, not necessarily I... um, liquid uh, cash for you. So you, you can count on about 60% of the valuation, uh, what they value the practice at, coming back to you in cash. 20% in about three years, if you hit all of their benchmarks, and then the other 20%, sometimes it works out great, where your stock actually increases in value mm -hmm. by investing in their DSO. Sometimes it doesn't work out so great. So that's, that's one consideration to think about. Now, right. if you're a small group of practices or a regional group, um, and private equity comes in and wants to buy 60%, uh, you're going to get your cash, same, probably about the same breakdown, uh, but... Uh, now you've just bought yourself a boss. Um, right, true. And they're going to tell you which practices to buy, um, what, how to run the practices. Uh, a lot of times it affects the culture negatively. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a lot of different things to consider when you're getting involved with private equity. Uh, the bottom line is if you are super entrepreneurial and if you've been able to build a successful regional group, that means that you are super entrepreneurial. A lot of times have a re people have a really difficult time now having a boss and somebody pulling the strings and telling them what to do inside mm -hmm. their practices that they built. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic information. I know it's, uh, it's a couple of things that we haven't really, really heard about. So it's, it's awesome to consider right. some of those things. Um, I think you had mentioned this. It was either in the book or one of your podcast episodes. Um, and I know there's like a split opinion on this, but... What's your view uh, of having like a multiple general practice dentistry model versus a super GP? Oh, you're saying bringing in specialists into the practice versus right, yeah. a general so dentist? Having like, yeah, say, say I had like one or two super GPs versus five uh, general practice dentist uh, practices. Oh, you're saying uh, like, a, like a gigantic Craig Spodek type? Yeah, exactly. The exactly. dental hospital. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. So you guys know Craig, right? Yes. Yeah, Craig's a good friend of mine. He is a genius, and he has a really successful eight-figure practice. He'll wow. be the first to tell you. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think that he would be offended by me saying this out loud because I've been on his podcast a couple times, and we talk about this, and he's been on mine a couple times, and we talk about this. But he would be the first to tell you that his model has its flaws because he has a whole lot of dental specialists that work for him in his model, mm -hmm. and they get a higher percentage of their production. Some of them get 50% of their production wow. to produce what they produce. So they, can, they get paid a higher percentage for a higher level of production. So a specialist typically will, will produce more than a general dentist because their services are billed at a higher rate. Right. But the house keeps less of that high production because their percentage that they're compensated for their overall production is higher. Okay, so for instance, if you fill your, your network with, say, five general dentists that, that place implants, mm -hmm. that do perio surgery, that do adult ortho, that do all on four, that do, um, I don't know, pedo, Whatever that the, the specialty procedures are, they do them just as well or just as good as a specialist because they got advanced training and they've been doing it for years and years and years. 
you're probably going to pay on a high level 35% for the general dentist to produce the same uh, procedures, right. the same clinical procedures. So Craig's problem, uh, what Craig complains about from time to time, is that it's difficult to be profitable unless your overhead is super, super tight because right. the percentage that goes out to the providers is so much higher than what we would have to pay a general dentist for the same procedures. Okay, that, that's very interesting. I didn't know that. Uh, Dr. Costa, so when you're when uh, when you're uh, worrying about your production and stuff like that, you could overwork yourself sometimes, put too much on your plate. Uh, you you talk about burnout and how if you progressively increase your workload, sometimes delegation is important, things like that. So would you mind touching on that? Yeah. So burnout, burnout is one issue that Alistair talks about a lot, right? Um, Alistair is my performance coach, and the reason he um, is a black belt coach in my organization is because um, he was first my personal performance coach. Um, he taught me how to be much more balanced in my work and life, how to pick up interests outside of dentistry, get back to that natural athlete that I was and uh, living a more passionate and centered life and less focused just on the dollar bills. Because if you, um, if you guys have heard me talk about the four futures, Alistair and I talk about the four futures, um, you know, four quadrants of your life that you should focus on. You should have some sort of mindfulness routine uh, where you focus on gratitude, maybe some uh, quiet reflection, maybe it's, um, you know, focusing on the higher power, maybe it is guided meditation. Whatever it is, you should have some sort of routine throughout your day uh, where you are in touch with uh, something greater than yourself. And if you focus around gratitude, that's a great start. And then the next quadrant is meaning. How are your relationships? Are you living up to um, the legacy that, that you want to, to provide for your family? Um, you know, uh, how are you filling the roles in your life, the different roles in your life? How are you as a father, as a son, as a boss, as a brother, as a sister, as a mother, father, you know, um, mm -hmm. as a spouse? How are you there? Are you focusing, spending um, enough attention on those really key relationships in your life? And then the next one is muscle. How are you as far as your vibrancy? Do you have an exercise routine? Oh, yeah. Do you do you, um, do you put healthy fuel into your body? Are you hydrated? Um, are you vibrant? And will you long live long enough to enjoy your great great grandkids? And then the last quadrant is money. The last quadrant, right? Mm -hmm. And that is all the stuff that we talk about on my podcast. That is all the stuff that you guys talk about in, in practice management. That is the focus on debt versus income. All the stuff that you guys talk about as far as is anything where finances touch your life, personal finance, practice finance, all that stuff, that's the money quadrant. Well, I'll tell you what. At very, very early on in my career, I was considered the whiz kid because I had six practices in seven years. I was a multimillionaire before I hit 40 years old. And my, I was a 10 out of 10 in the money quadrant, but all of the other three quadrants, I was a zero out of 10. Mm -hmm. It was a hollow victory getting to that point. You know, my relationships were falling apart. I was near divorce. My kids never saw me. I didn't get to spend any quality time with anybody in my family. I was a jerk at the office. You know, um, I wasn't a grateful person. I was an angry person. I was out of shape because I was so stressed. Although I was still working out, I was not healthy. So that is the level of burnout that, that you guys can get um, and the, the amount of imbalance that, 
that any type A person can can experience if you're not really, really cognizant of working on all four of your quadrants. So burnout is just a function of letting those things get a little bit out of whack. If you're just making sure that you're touching each of those four quadrants every single day, things will be much more in balance. Um, so that's the best advice I can give you. I mean, I could talk for hours and days. I just did a two-day seminar on you know keeping yourself in balance and how to avoid burnout. But the bottom line is making sure that you are spending a little bit of time visiting each of those quadrants every single day, making sure that your relationships don't suffer, your health doesn't suffer, and uh, you still have a, a great gratitude, um, a, a great, a, a fair amount of gratitude for where you are. Um, Absolutely. That is the, that's the best way to avoid burnout. I think you uh, touched on some really important points about physical health, emotional health, relationships with others, and just focusing on things outside of your practice. Because me personally, and I feel like the other guys here, we are well-rounded individuals. We try to make sure that we have our gym schedule on time, we have our family schedule on time, and our friends. And it's hard to keep those relationships and other things going. But I feel like it's a good way to build a foundation for when we do have a practice. So when we have someone like you telling us to do these very basic human things each and every day, I think it's just reassuring that it's not always about just the practice. There's other parts of your life, and that will only allow you to do better when you do your, your work and your practice. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of you guys with your arms crossed with these, uh, with these hard looks. I thought, uh, for, sure, for sure these guys met in the gym. Nice, of course. <laughs> They're trying to still get me consistently in the gym. I'm, I'm the straggler of it. Three of us are roommates, so we all just clicked when we said yeah. gym. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it, man. Yeah. Gym rats. Gym rats. <laughs> gym rats. We, had a, we had a test today, and like the password to enter the test was gym rats. He's shout out to all my LA fitness homies. That's why. <laughs> wow, that's so funny. And that's us. Yeah. Because <laughs> we see them at the gym. Yeah. So. Uh, hey, I want you guys to all join my Facebook group, my Dental Success Institute Facebook group, because I, I issued a challenge to the Facebook group, uh, a hundred burpee challenge. I don't know if you guys Ooh, saw. It. That's a hundred burpees. Hundred burpees, thirty days in a row. I'm day, I'm on day eleven. So. Uh, How's it going? Pretty good. I mean, I, I just work it into the rest of my routine. I work out seven days a week. It's the only thing that keeps me sane. But my yeah. workouts are super intense and super short. So my, my workouts are usually no longer than 25 minutes. Add another nine minutes for 100 burpees, and I'm out of there in 35 minutes. But uh, but yeah, I, I extended that challenge. There's like 50 people taking it. People are people are. I, I would be interested in doing that challenge. I feel like it's a good way to do some cardio and just get some extra working in the gym, and it's uh, quick too. Yeah, it's pretty quick. It, it's yep. uh, it's a miserable nine minutes, but it's over. <laughs> you know, we're gonna we're gonna get the challenge trending. We got that's it. gonna go viral. 100. There you go. There you go. We had the uh, ice bucket challenge, the burpee challenge. <laughs> there you go. You're gonna want the ice bucket on your head after the burpee challenge. <laughs> but uh, yeah, make sure you guys sign up. Uh, just uh, uh, request um, to be accepted into the DSI Facebook page, not the page, DSI Facebook group. Right. Facebook group. I'll let you guys in and you can go find the challenge. Absolutely. Thank also, you. can you uh, tell our listeners about some of the stuff that you've been creating? I know you got uh, a lot of exciting things that you just launched the uh, Dental Success University. Also, uh, maybe touch on DSSN. Yeah, yeah. Cool. You guys have been doing your research here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> there's, I, I have a lot of DSs in my life. Um, Dental Success Institute is my my main consulting company. We have clients all over the world. We help 
dentists uh, become more profitable and uh, to be more efficient in their practices to help their their teams and them reach their full potential. That's Dental Success Institute. Right. Uh, that is a that is a, a coaching group where we meet at one of our two physical training facilities, either in Indianapolis or Scottsdale, uh, four times per year, and we teach anything from um, any kind of clinical procedure that you could possibly think of, and practice management, and case acceptance, etc. Uh, that's Dental Success Institute. Then we have Dental Success Network, which is a network of 700 dentists. It's a membership program. I'm the CEO of that company, one of the co-founders of that company, together with Tim McNamara, Dr. Dave Bender, and Dr. Dave Maloli, who also has a podcast called The Relentless Dentist. Um, we founded this company called Dental Success Network, and that is, if you think about something like Dentaltown, which is a free forum, we are a paid forum where you can visit in there um, anything from ortho to pedo to implants to oral surgery to practice management, which is my room. There's a, a number of different chat rooms in there that are moderated by the actual faculty. We have 50 faculty. They moderate those chat rooms. In addition right. to that, there's a ton of virtual CE that happens in there and delivered through there. And then we also have live continuing education uh, the, the actual faculty teach live continuing education at, at one of our two facilities. And we have a buying club as well. So, you know, one of the benefits of being part of a DSO is that you have the buying power of several hundred practices. Well, we have 700 doctors in here with probably close to 900 practices and wow. over a billion dollars in collective revenue. So we are able to really negotiate hard with the different vendors, and that helps everybody in the group to keep their overhead low. And then we have DSSN, which is Dental Student Success Network, which is uh, designed just for students, which right. is uh, the student version of DSN. So there, you don't have to worry about a buying group right now, but there is, there is virtual continuing education. There are different chat rooms uh, with different instructors in there. And uh, there is the ability for all students to be able to communicate with all students from all over the country. So we have students for from all of the different dental schools across the country. This is still in its infancy, so it's still populating very, very quickly, and all of the provinces in California. So, so yeah, we have the ability for you guys to not only uh, learn a significant amount about clinical procedures and share information about you know, what happens at, the, at your school and how to study for boards, but also, um, you have the ability to communicate with one another from school to school, within school, and then from school to school as, as well. So think about Facebook, but just for dental students, and that's what it is. Right, and I'm actually a member of the DSSN. And oh, cool. Yeah, I, I just want to, honestly, I want to thank you because I feel like it's, there's a lot better information than on Dentaltown. Like, Dentaltown's, you know, it's huge. It's got a lot of good information, but I feel like it's much more high yield and stuff is very specific. And you can tell like the people that are members in DSSN are, you know, they're kind of the top of their class there. There's not really, there's, there's no negative comments or anything. Everything is just everybody supporting each other. And so I, I really appreciate being part of that group. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. There, there's a zero tolerance. Uh, I am anti-troll, anti-bully, anti-critic. Like if somebody has the guts to post something, by God, you know, give them enough, give them enough credit and respect to give them an honest critique, and don't bash them because they have an open margin on on the distal, you know. Just right. just give right. them a great critique. 
uh, we wanted to create something that was um, above all of that and give people a safe place to interact. Oh, I forgot DSU. DSU is my right. uh, my brand new brand online new. my online learning academy. It's only two weeks old. Um, we have what I want to say probably 350 videos on everything practice management that you could possibly think of. Alistair McDonald has a whole bank of videos on there. I have a whole bank of videos on overhead, cash flow control, um, systemization, and then Kira Dent, my partner, um, has um, about 200 videos uh, specifically for training uh, the team members um, in mm -hmm. dental practice. That is absolutely You're gonna have to check that out. Yeah. I, I found my new entertainment yeah. cardio. <laughs> no. Yeah. There you go. He's the next Gordon Christensen. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Dr. Costas, I have uh, George here. I have three more questions before we wrap things up. It's called the five triple threat. You think you're ready? <laughs> Do I need right. to stretch? Am I going to pull a hammy here? <laughs> I have to. You might. Okay. All right, so uh, question number one. What is your number one piece of advice to a dental student graduating from school? Don't worry about debt. Focus on increasing your clinical suite and find a good bank of men mentors. Beautiful. Short and sweet to the Short point. and sweet to okay. the point. Number two, what is one mistake you made and wish you could change? Dude, one mistake? You're making me pick one? <laughs> <laughs> common mistake, maybe. maybe this is a common Oh my gosh, so many mistakes. That, that's, I say it all the time. The only reason that anybody consider, can consider me an influencer or an authority in anything is because I made more mistakes than anybody else. I made more mistakes in my first year of practice ownership than most people make in their entire careers. I'll tell you that right now. So the only reason anybody could call me an expert is because I'm an expert at failure and I've learned from my mistakes. But if I was to, if I was going to boil it down to one thing, and this goes deeper than just practice management, um, it is it is what I alluded to earlier with my story, and that was when you know at six year seven of my career, when I had reached the pinnacle of my of financial success, I realized that I had let all the other quadrants of my life fizzle, and I wasn't taking care of myself or those around me, uh, just because. Um, I thought that the most important thing in the world was accumulating cash in my bank account. So I will tell you guys that the most important thing is to make sure that you remain balanced and that you never um, sacrifice your relationships or the people that are most important to you uh, for the sake of a dollar. Right. Okay, so uh, question number three, this is the last one. What keeps you driven and what are you looking forward to in life? Oh my gosh. I wake up at 4.30 in the morning every day without an alarm clock because I am so excited about my life. I'm so excited about what's to come. You guys, it is, life gets better and better and better if, if you're passionate about what you're doing. I absolutely love what I do. I love being able to help people transform their dental practices. I love being able to interview my heroes on the podcast. Um, my new thing is that I'm marching towards things that I don't enjoy um, and things that scare the shit out of me. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've always wanted to get my pilot's license. I'm actually um, about to purchase my first airplane. So oh, I that's cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, even though you know, I have 
<laughs> well, I have a I have a pilot that's going to be taking care of flying me around because it's a bigger airplane than I'm going to be able to handle. But I'm still scared of of light aircraft, and I'm I'm going to get my pilot's license. So I start I start that actually tomorrow, seven thirty in the morning, is my first because my first flight with my instructor, and you know so it's just stuff like the burpee challenge where I the the one thing I, I've been a personal trainer I was a personal trainer for sixteen years. And I've lived in the gym. You know, I played collegiate football. I've lived in the gym. And um, the one exercise that I always dreaded the most was burpees. So I said, you know what? Oh, wow. The one thing I hate the most, I'm going to walk straight towards it. So I created this burpee challenge. So I'm doing things that I don't necessarily like, but I know that are going to be a really big challenge for me. And that excites the heck out of me. Um, I, uh, I'm doing things that scared me. Um, I'm doing things that um, that I've always wanted to do. There's certain places that I want to visit that that I that I'm going to check off the list. I'm going to learn how to speak another language this year. My wife and I are taking dance lessons. There's just so much to be excited about, um, and uh, I, I just can't I can't I can't contain my enthusiasm most days. We can tell, Dr. Casas, and it, it sounds like what you really enjoy is um, turning your weaknesses into your strengths almost, which is, I think, a very good trait to have, and not enough people understand how um, much it can make you grow as a person. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you for that. I uh, Look, dude, I, was, I selected dentistry as my career, probably the least likely person to be a successful dentist because I had a learning disability, and it was not an easy ride for me to get into dental school. But I stuck with it, and uh, never ever have I taken the profession for granted because it was really hard for me to get in. But you know, I was I was probably the weakest student to get into my to my dental school class, and I've done all right in comparison to a lot of them. Not better, but we, I've just done all right. The fact that I've managed to 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 graduate and, and still maintain my license is, is a miracle. So yeah, I it, it reframed what I thought possible, right? So. You know, the fact that I've done well financially, the fact that people actually listen to the podcast, the fact that people pay me money to, to share my experience with them, everything's a bonus, man. So thank you for that, that uh, sentiment. But yes, I agree. Anybody can turn their life into anything that they want it to be. Yeah, no, and I think um, Seth and I specifically can relate to that so much because um, I graduated undergrad in 2015 and I felt like... I wasn't sure what the chances of me getting into dental school were, and it was my dream to become a dentist. And the path to get there made it so much sweeter when I got the acceptance letter because it's wow. just it's the biggest relief you ever have in your life because you want to get into the game, but it's all about just getting into the game sometimes. And um, you know, it tests you in so many different ways. But I think, like Anthony uh, referred to, it makes you so much stronger as a person. And then you apply that work ethic that you've gained and you take that into the rest of your life as well. Totally. Hey guys, you gotta, you gotta, have you guys heard of David Goggins? Of course. David Goggins. Oh, yeah. Seth and I talk about him all the time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So David Goggins, my favorite David Goggins quote, anything worth having is on the other side of suffering. Nice. Nice. Quote, right? nice. I like that. It is so true. Anything worth having is on the other side of suffering and anything you accomplish, the more you suffer to accomplish it, the sweeter it is when you actually accomplish it. So if something is a pain in the ass, if, if, if it is really, really difficult to achieve, you should relish every second of it because that means there's going to be fewer competitors when you're done and the feeling that you're going to have when it's all said and done is going to be something that most people never get to experience in their entire lives. You know, So 
the harder a challenge is, the happier you should be about it as you're going through it. That's fantastic. Yeah, no, we, I think we can all relate to that so much because, you know, even when we started our first year at school, it was intimidating, but, you know, you practice dropping the box 50,000 times, it feels like. You're <laughs> in the sim like for six or seven hours, like a day sometimes on the weekends. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, once you hit that sweet spot and you've got that gingival clearance, you haven't nicked the adjacent tooth is the best feeling ever. And then you just got to leave. You got to drop it right there. <laughs> yeah. But then you, go yeah. <laughs> then you go on to the next. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff, guys. I love what you're doing, man. Congratulations on uh, on all of your success so far. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Really 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 Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. So it was it was fantastic hearing from you. Yeah, we've yeah. been we've been waiting to talk to you for a long time, Dr. Casas. So where can our uh, where can our listeners uh, find out about you? Reach out to you. Yeah, man. Thank you. Uh, go to Dental Success Institute, the Facebook group. Uh, we will let you all in if you have something to do with the dental profession. It is uh, uh, zero tolerance to to jerks. So if you're a jerk, don't bother <laughs> applying. Uh, we also have Dental Success Institute on Instagram. Uh, the Dentalpreneur Podcast, of course, and you can email me directly with any questions, anybody out there. I always answer my email. Sometimes it takes me a week uh, for two of my assistants to handle them first, but info at truedentalsuccess.com. Email me directly and, uh, and we'll have a chat. Awesome. Awesome. And it's funny because we were talking about Dr. Brady Frank. I see he's on the back of your book. I'm holding your book right now. Yeah. <laughs> he's on the back of your book. So. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he's uh, he and I have been friends for a really long time. I've known Brady for over 20 years. Yeah. All right, Dr. Casas. Well, we really appreciate you. Uh, this is this is awesome that we got to talk to you, and we really hope that we're going to be able to reach out to you again. We hope to come to one of the conferences in the in the future here. Yep, you guys have an open invitation. Yes, sir. Uh, absolutely. All right, guys. Best of luck and uh, best of luck with your last exam, and uh, enjoy your time off. And let's hook up soon. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. We appreciate you. Take care, guys. Have a good one. All right, Kasim. That was an absolutely amazing conversation with Dr. Costas. We're so grateful to have him on. What did you think of that interview today? That was like unbelievable because you read his book, you listen to his podcast, and you get so much information from that. But the fact that we had the chance to sit down with him and get so much high yield information that's going to be so beneficial for all of us dental students, you know, in the future, pre-dental is included as well. It was just fantastic. What a great experience. I can't be more thankful to him. Right. He is an awesome guy. The man, the myth, the legend, Dr. Mark Costas. So again, we want to thank you. We want to thank all of our listeners for supporting us and for supporting our podcast. Uh, Be sure to hit us up on Instagram at dental.student.vibes on Twitter at DSV Podcast, and on Facebook at Dental Student Pies. Thanks again for listening, guys. Take care.